Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Carmel, an eating disorder and addiction therapist and your coaching guide. On my show, What You're Craving, we get to the real root of your problems when it comes to food, weight, dieting, and beyond. Through honest conversations with a crew of my favorite experts and friends, we'll expand our minds, we'll learn, we'll laugh, we'll even heal. Get ready to break open and break through. I've got your back big time. And together, we'll figure out what you're really craving. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode anywhere you listen to podcasts. People tell me that I'm crazy, I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. Hi guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I'm your host, Kenzie Elizabeth, and today's episode is probably one of my favorites. I absolutely fell in love with Dr. Rokol. Literally just got off of a one-hour consultation with him, and I am so excited. I Love this episode. I love him. I think he's so incredible. I love what they're doing. I do want to give a quick mention. We are talking a lot about health and food. And if that's something that is triggering to you or not your thing, don't worry. This might not be the episode for you. I know that's a touchy subject and I don't want anyone to leave feeling um, a little bit off if that's not the topic you want to listen to today. Don't worry. We have like 150 other episodes. So go catch up with another. But I am extremely passionate about health. And I really like having people on of all different perspectives and all different topics on the show. So if this is maybe not your approach or not your perspective, again, totally cool. But I will never just have, you know, one perspective, like how boring of a show would it be if we only had people that like, I mean, I guess it would be impossible to only have people that everyone aligned with. But um, it would be a really boring show if I only shared, you know, one perspective with you guys. So I'm really excited to be talking to Dr. Will Cole. If you guys are unaware, he is a health advisor to Gwyneth Paltrow, a top functional medicine expert and a best-selling author. He has dedicated his career to teaching people to apply skepticism to nutrition trends and instead tune into the needs of their body. He just came out with his new book, Intuitive Fasting. My mom just read it and is obsessed with it. Like she calls me to talk about the book. And that book debunks one of the most established food myths of all time. So we are talking everything from inflammation to intermittent fasting, intuitive fasting. We're talking brain fog, mental health a little bit. We're talking about how much sleep you should be getting. Like I'm getting very specific. I really love talking with him. I think you guys are really going to enjoy the episode. If you guys haven't already, be sure to join the Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. Um, everything will be in the show notes below. 
Dr. Will Cole is a leading functional medicine expert who consults with people around the world via webcam and locally in Pittsburgh. Named one of the top 50 functional medicine and integrative doctors in the nation, Dr. Cole specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors of chronic disease and customizing a functional medicine approach for thyroid issues, autoimmune conditions, hormonal imbalances, digestive disorders, and brain problems. Dr. Cole has also co-hosted the popular podcast, Scoop Fellas and Keto Talk, and hosts the new podcast, The Art of Being Well, which is also on Dear Media. So let's welcome Dr. Will Cole onto the show. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Glad to be talking with you today. First off, I have to say, you are my new favorite Instagram follow. I am just learning so much. But I have to know, how is the podcast world for you? It's been good. My day job, my focus, as you know, I'm, I'm consulting people 10 and a half, 11 hours a day. That's my jam. That's my focus. It's my passion at my heart. I love my patients. And that's my main focus. The show is a ripple effect of my love and obsession with functional medicine and seeing these things that impact people's lives. So podcasting, you know, I, when you're consulting people, it is uh, a lot of listening. When you're consulting people, it's listening, it's holding space for them. It's, it's being inquisitive. It's being curious. So I feel like a lot of my years of like talking to people for, from a patient side things have, have helped me with the podcast. I'll tell you what, the podcasting does not come as naturally to me. It's been fun. It's been definitely a really cool thing. And I'm happy to be a part of the Dear Media family. Love the Dear Media family. I always joke. I'm like, I think I actually owe Michael and Lauren like my entire life. No, I love <laughs> the podcast space for you. I think it's a really great thing. Selfishly for me, how did you even get into functional medicine to begin with? Like I have so many health questions for you, but I want to know more how you even got into the space. How I got into functional medicine is I was always interested in health and wellness. I was a weird kid. I mean, what can I say? I was in high school and I, I worked at the finish line. So I was like 16 years old selling, selling uh, Air Jordans and like whatever, whatever shoes were cool at the time. But I used my paycheck to go to the health food store and buy weird health stuff. It's like supplements or foods that I thought would be like these superfoods that would maybe, and I experiment on myself to how to feel better and improve my health and improve how I, how I felt. Uh, and I read a lot of health books and then I wanted to be formally trained in this. So I went to an integrative medicine school called Southern California University of Health Sciences outside of LA. And I um, was trained there. And then I graduated speaking, writing about this. I was one of the earlier people to have conversations like 12 years ago about functional medicine. So there would be people in different cities and states and countries that needed access to this. So I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth center over a decade ago and via, via webcam is all that I've ever done. So now it wasn't called telehealth back then. It was just called, we called it a virtual functional medicine clinic, but now telehealth's a thing. And yeah, so it's, it's always been a passion of mine. Can you explain what functional medicine is? It's a few things. It's in short, it's evidence-based complementary medicine, but it's way more than that. If I had to break down the first thing we do, we, we interpret labs using a thinner reference range. So anybody that's listening right now will know, hey, when I get my, my lab, I'm being compared to this reference range in my lab. Well, we get that reference range from a statistical bell curve average of people who go to labs. Think about it. Who are people that are typically going to labs? They're people that are sadly going through health problems. That's why they're going to the lab. 
So they go to their doctor and they're like, what's going on? They lab, basic labs get ran and the doctor says, you're fine. Everything's fine. But you know, intuitively in your body, like this isn't normal for me, but you're told, you know, you're just depressed. Here's an antidepressant or you're a new mom or you're just getting older. All these well-intentioned maybe reasons on how you could be having these symptoms despite these quote unquote normal labs. But what they're unintentionally telling the person is you're a lot like the other people with health problems that we're comparing you to. And comparing yourself to people with health problems is no way for you to feel your best and to know why you don't feel your best. So we're looking at optimal, not average in functional medicine. We're looking at a thinner range within that larger reference range is where, where does vibrant wellness reside? That's the functional range where your body is functioning the best where we get our name functional medicine. So that's the first thing we do. The second thing is we run more comprehensive labs. So we're looking at the root confluence of factors, this perfect storm of variables that give rise to chronic health issues, whether that be fatigue or weight loss resistance or anxiety or depression, brain fog, inflammatory skin issues, hair loss, I mean, digestive issues. These are all problems that we look at and ask why. And like why do we have this problem? So we run a lot of good labs to give data on what is the pieces of the health puzzle. And we're all different. So it's going to look different for different people. So we're looking at things like microbiome issues or, you know, underlying gut problems, chronic infections, like viral issues, uh, nutrient deficiencies, hormonal imbalances, whatever the case it requires. And then we realize we're all created differently. There's not going to be this cookie cutter, one size fits all approach to getting well. And I could have a hundred people with the same set of symptoms, the same diagnosis, and what's needed for one case is not necessarily needed for the another one. So I really want to be tailored and it has to be curated specific to the individual. So that's in a nutshell what functional medicine is. It's, it's evidence-based alternative medicine, but it's customized to the individual. See, I'm so glad you're here. I was on the phone with my mother yesterday and I was saying, I'm like, I need to get my levels checked of some sort. I know that there is something off with me and it's affecting more of like mental health, like anxiety, kind of depression with me. I'm like, everything else is good. I work out every day. Most days, not every day. I eat really healthy. I'm like, there's something off. I have PMDD. I know that. So I'm like, I think it's a hormonal thing, but I need to go and do this. And that's exactly what she told me. She's like, you need to like go and get your labs done and you have to fight for it because they're going to end up just trying to like give you medicine or whatever, which I'm not against. But I just know that there's something else. I don't know how to describe it. I just know. Oh, we should run labs. Let's run labs and figure out what's going on. Yeah, that's exactly what I have a heart for. I mean, because there's so many people, I mean, look, these are silent issues because on the surface, you look great. That's many people. They look great. No one knows that there's a problem going on. People don't know what it takes to get through the day when you're feeling you're struggling with things like fatigue or anxiety or depression or brain fog or different inflammatory autoimmune problems. Like, what the heck? Like it's it's so hard to just get through the day when you feel like this many times. So to give people a answers as to why they feel the way that they do and know and let them know you're not crazy. You need to be heard and you need to know why you feel the way that you let's we have to know what we're dealing with to do something about it. And if you're not looking, how will you know what's going on? And many people are just getting the basic labs and the training in the standard model of care. And I'm not dogging on, on any individual doctor. It's a system. The system's trained to diagnose a disease and match it with a medication. So that serves certain people. And, but there's many people that are doing everything they're told to do, but they're still struggling. And those people, we need to do better. We need to dig deeper. We need to, to, to be more thorough. 
and and keep asking why if what they're doing isn't working for them. Like the definition of insanity is doing something repeatedly, expecting a different result. Many people are taking the medications, doing the doctor what the doctor's telling them to do. They're still struggling, and they've gone from brand to brand to brand or off brand of medications, but they're still struggling. Like, what are you supposed to do at this point? That's where we come in in functional medicine. If you guys know me, you know that there are two things that just really get me going, okay? It's comfort and it's my house. So the second that it's kind of the two are combined and I have like a cute little lounge set going on, I'm comfy and I'm at home and I feel my best. I mean, I'm sold 10 out of 10, right? I have been living and I mean absolutely living in my Me Undies lounge pants as well as the Me Undies hipsters and the UBAC bralette. When I'm home, which is most of the time, I want to feel as like comfortable yet put together as I possibly can. And I've been living in these. My sets are matching. I got pink. I have blue. I love my pants. I mean, these pants are probably my most worn thing in my wardrobe right now. I'm not even kidding. They are so soft. Like my cousin came over and I was like, you have to feel these pants and neither of us could get over it because they are the softest pants ever. And I swear, I honestly want like five more pairs because I wear them nonstop. So if you guys are unaware, Me Undies believes that comfort is about more than what's touching your skin. It's about feeling comfortable in your skin. That's why Me Undies not only uses sustainable, breathable, soft as heck fabric, but they also give you endless styles to choose from. It's total comfort inside and out. Me Undies offers classic colors to ridiculous prints. It's all so you can fully express yourself in your own unique way. The best part is that you can never leave your couch again with a Me Undies membership. It is a monthly subscription that sends you new pairs right to your door. So each month, you'll choose new undies, socks, or a bralette and pick the style and color or print that feels the most you. Fun, right? Plus, enjoy discounted pricing, free shipping, and exclusive early access to new launches. Love your butt and get the membership. And MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you guys can get 15% off and free shipping. They also have their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product or any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats and no questions asked. To get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to meundies.com slash I love you. That is meundies.com slash I love you. Treat yourself. I mean, you guys will never go back again. That is meundies.com slash I love you. So to get like my labs done when I go to like a functional medicine like clinic, like where would I go or like at my normal doctor? Yeah, we're all telehealth and we have been for the past decade. So we would just drop ship labs to you. We, we coordinate labs that you locally where you're at, like whether you're, you could be anywhere, but we would just find a local lab to you uh, and we would coordinate the blood labs. And then the other test would be maybe a stool kit a hormonal like your saliva kit. There's maybe other independent blood labs that you'd have to coordinate, but we're used to coordinating that wherever you're at in, in the world. Perfect. I'm all in. This is the best thing I've ever heard. I want to talk a little bit about intermittent fasting. This is something my brother does. So many people that I know do. I know it's like a controversial topic. It can be, but I want to focus more about what intermittent fasting like really is and also the benefits. Like, is this something I should be doing? Also, I am very much so like a guinea pig. So I'm probably going to walk away with like so many to do's. <laughs> yeah. So it's a tool within the toolbox. So intermittent fasting is one of many tools that we consider within the paradigm of functional medicine. And it's nothing new. I mean, fasting has been used for a long time in medicine. It's been used a long time in, in just the history of medicine as well. 
there's a lot of research today, exciting new science showing the benefits of, of intermittent fasting. And it's been used for many other purposes throughout human history, both from an ancestral health perspective, i.e. food wasn't always available, and from a spiritual religious standpoint and an indigenous culture standpoint, it's been used for a long time for many different health purposes and other purposes too. It's part of the human race. And the problem is, is when the tool is not used in a way that's appropriate for your body. So it's easy for us in our very black and white culture of saying, well, that's bad for these people, or that's good for these people. These broad state, broad, overgeneralized sweeping statements that lack context is where the problems arise. Because yes, intermittent fasting can be used in a way that doesn't work for that individual. That doesn't make intermittent fasting not good. It just means it wasn't good you didn't do it in a way that works for your body. So there's so many ways to do intermittent fasting. And that's really the conversation that I'm exploring in intuitive fasting, my newest book, because it's, as its name implies, an intuitive, mindful, graceful approach to intermittent fasting, where it's finding the art of it. We have the science, but where's the art of it? Where's the art of intermittent fasting? And everybody's different. And it goes back to one of the aspects of functional medicine that I mentioned, bioindividuality. What works for one person, even if it's a healthy thing, what works for one person may not be right for the next person. So we have to see the context and the how. So it's an amazing tool. The health benefits are, it shifts our body into a state of nutritional ketosis. Ketone bodies are known as the fourth macronutrient. So we have protein, fats, carbs, and ketone bodies. So it's a way to fuel your body. I think it's more eloquently said at Paracelsus. He's one of the fathers of modern medicine. He's known as the the Martin Luther medicine, because he was reforming medicine at the time, but he called fasting the physician within, which I think is an eloquent way of saying it and summarizing it, what I'm talking about. It's this physician within, this inner doctor that allows us to reset, recharge, renew, re recalibrate, and upregulate things that are always there. I mean, it's in our DNA. Fasting actually Evolved, we evolved with times of fasting. So we're just supporting pathways and upregulating pathways that have always been there, but are lying dormant for many people because of what's known or what's referred to as an epigenetic genetic mismatch. Our genetics haven't changed in 10,000 years, researchers estimate. And our world has changed very dramatically in such a finite period of time when you're putting that into context with the totality of human history. So we are eating and living out of alignment with what we've evolved with as humans. So what fasting is one tool to decrease the chasm, decrease that mismatch between genetics and epigenetics. So it does a lot of stuff. It lowers inflammation levels, which is connected to every health problem you can think of. Even anxiety and depression and fatigue all have inflammatory components and it's actual brain inflammation is what researchers are looking at. So it lowers inflammation levels, not just in the brain, but systemically. Uh, and it's good for people with autoimmunity. It's good for digestive issues. It's good for people with fatigue issues because it increases mitochondrial health, actually cellular energy factories, improving something called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, actually making new neurons for your brain and improving something called neuroplasticity, brain becoming more resilient, basically. It helps to balance blood sugar. It hit, decreases uh, other hormonal problems like PCOS and endometriosis and there's so many cool benefits to intermittent fasting. So my the conversation that I'm having in intuitive fasting, because it's a conversation that I have with my patients first and foremost, is how do you have a mindful, sustainable, healthy relationship with intermittent fasting to leverage these amazing health benefits in a, in a way that works for your body? So instead of saying, well, that intermittent fasting is bad for women or 
it's not good for those people. And that's where the context is lost. It's like, well, we can tap into these amazing benefits with, without thinking, like we shouldn't think, well, more is better. Like just because something's cool, we should do more of it. Well, if you have to find a sweet spot with these things. And that's the same thing with exercise. You don't work out all day long, really hard. Does that make working out bad? No, you're just doing too much for your body. You need to ha have that resting time to, re to recuperate after that exercise. Same with fasting. You're not fasting all, this, all the time. That's called starvation. That's not the same thing. It's just how can you tap into the magic, the health benefits of fasting, but still have a, a balance there. Does it help with brain fog? Yeah. I mean, there's a research to show that brain fog or that trouble with word recall, name recall. Some people describe it as feeling spaced out or hung over. They feel like uh, they're not fully engaged in the present moment. Some people will see brain fog or describe it to me and they'll say it's, it's the same as their fatigue. It's just how they're describing the fatigue. It's more of like mental fatigue. But many people will say, no, I have fatigue and I have brain fog, but those are two separate things. Because I could have a great energy day, but I'm still having this brain fog feeling. So it's really important to define what we're even talking about there. It's different for different people. But if we're talking about brain fog in its strict sense, there's research to show that there's some neuroinflammatory components or brain inflammation components specific in the hypothalamus, specifically in the hypothalamus. And intermittent fasting is a way for the brain inflammation that is connected not to just brain fog, but also things like anxiety and depression and other um, brain mental health issues. And that's a part of the conversation that I'm having in intuitive fasting is that we like to separate mental health from physical health, but actually mental health is physical health. Our brain is part of our body. We can't separate the two. Inflammation impacts the brain just like it impacts your joints, just like it impacts your stomach. It's just like it impacts your thyroid, whatever else we're talking about. So in, yeah, in short, it does, as there's studies to show that it does help with things like improving cognitive function by lowering brain inflammation. It lowers things like uh, the NF-kappa B pathway, the NRP3 inflammasome. Basically, these are pro-inflammatory cytokines. It lowers that and upregulates these pro antioxidant longevity pathways, increasing something called autophagy or cellular recycling, it's, which is good for the brain, but it's good for the rest of our body too. Uh, it's sort of our body's anti-accelerated aging pathways and increases mitochondrial biogenesis, which I mentioned already. So it does a lot of really cool things for our brain for sure. And as far as time goes, I know there's different time blocks with intuitive fasting. Do you recommend like one certain time block that you do or is it just like intuitive in what you're feeling? between the different ones? Well, I built a protocol in the book in intuitive fasting for people to like a yoga class to become aware of what their body loves and what their body hates. And we're all different. So I want them to a experiment with different things, see how they feel and check in with their body. But also when someone's metabolically inflexible or metabolically rigid, meaning they're hangry, they're in sugar burning mode, they have insatiable cravings, they have fatigue, maybe they have anxiety, depression too there's going to be really um, intuition is going to be very difficult then because is it, is, is it intuition or is it angeriness? Is it intuition or insatiable cravings? Is it intuition or blood sugar imbalance? All those things will mask themselves as your authentic intuition because you're going to think, oh, I'm craving these things. That's my intuition. Well, that's actually not. That's dysregulation. So that's, that's actually proverbial noise in the body that drowns out that still small, resolute voice of your intuition. So I built a protocol in the book to actually calm that noise 
so you can actually hear your intuition. So yes, at the beginning, I want you to cycle through di different types of fasts. So we start off with a lighter one. I mean, so it's a 12-12, which is very easy. It's basically, if you have 24 hours in the day, a 12-12 is eating between 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. You have all day long, that's your eating window. Your fasting window is at night when you're sleeping until you break the fast at breakfast in the morning, hence its name. So that's week one. Week two, we dig deeper, like 16, 18 hours. Week three is an almost OMAD. It's a 20-hour, but it's non-consecutive. And then week four, we open it back up to 12-12. So it's like this yoga class for your metabolism, where if I show up to yoga and my hamstrings are tight, I've never done yoga before, I'm going to suck at yoga. And I could say, well, yoga is not for me, right? It's, well, it's, no, it's not yoga's fault. I'm just, my hamstrings are tight and I'm inflexible. If your metabolism is inflexible, fasting will not be intuitive. But as you lean into it and, and expand and contract and strengthen and root, your metabolism gets more flexibility. Fasting will be more intuitive and so will eating. So that's really what I'm doing. After a while, after you do a few cycles of the protocol in the book, which have these vacillating, ebbing and flowing, expanding, contracting, eating and fasting windows, after a time, you will evolve the practice so you can intuitively do it for yourself. Well, all of our practices with these things will be different depending on who we are and the season we're in in our life. Because what serves you today won't necessarily be what you need to do forever and ever. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of learning at the beginning and improving your health, but after a while you can intuitively adjust it. I'm curious, what, what does your brother do? What type of fast does he do? I don't know. He's very much so like this stuff is right up his alley. I mean, he is the guy who like works out. He lost a lot of weight a few years ago and he like carries the water jug with him. Like he's that kind of guy. Like you talking about like spending your money on supplements. That's him. Okay. I know that you just posted a video with Gwyneth about this, but I have this specific question since we're here. So let's say I'm fasting, right? And But I like working out in the mornings and I don't really like working out without eating. It's not that I don't. Sometimes I do. But like, would you recommend just like getting used to that? Or how does that work? I think there's a brilliant space and a tool to experiment with a fasted workout, fast working out when you're in a fasted state. I would take it easy at the beginning because if you're not used to it and your body's not full keto adapted or fat adapted, it's not as metabolically flexible. Uh, doing a fasted workout, especially if it's a longer or more intense workout, maybe too much expenditure for what your body's capable of, of fueling yourself with through what's called gluconeogenesis is actually making glucose endogenously in your body. That process takes time to build the metabolic resilience and fortitude to do that. So take it easy at the beginning, but lean into it. I, there's amazing benefits to that because what exercise and intermittent fasting are both hormetic effects especially more high intensity interval training or hit training. They are put your body in a good state of stress so you actually can get more resilient. It increases those autophagy benefits and the longevity benefits and your, all those anti-disease, anti-inflammatory benefits. It increases that. But some times people, they're just doing too much of the hormetic stuff too soon. Like another hormetic effect is sauna therapy. You go into the sauna super, like for 50 minutes, you've never done sauna therapy. That's a lot. So you just work off low and slow, check in with your body. These are all forms of hormesis. Same with ice therapy. It's good stuff. But the, the sweet spot is where the, the magic happens because it's sustainable and you're, you're meeting your body where it's at and meeting your body with this amazing tool, but in a way that serves you long-term. And that's really the sweet spot for exercise, intermittent fasting, and these other practices too. Can we go into ice therapy and sauna therapy? I've been hearing so much about this lately, but I know nothing. 
Yeah. So these are other forms of hormesis. So the, the concept of, of hormesis has an interesting historical roots. I, I talk about it in intuitive fasting. There was a king called Mithridates in like, like, like hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. I don't know the exact date. In basically the Black Sea region of the world. And he thought his mother was going to kill him, this murderous mother. And if you look at royal family history, it's kind of true. Like people wanted to kill them all the time. I would not want to be one of them. But, so, but basically he would give himself small amounts of poison to build a resilience and a tolerance. So if he would one day be poisoned, he wouldn't die. I don't know how he knew this, but he was onto something. And that's what subsequently over the years, researchers have been exploring this concept of the dose makes the poison basically. And a small amount of these stressors can actually make your body more resilient. And even uh, people that drink like a glass of wine a night, and not, not that I'm advocating everybody to do that, but some researchers are actually looking at that even like a small amounts of alcohol being a hormetic effect too where it's like you're giving your body some of that stressful poison basically with the alcohol, but it's actually making your body more resilient. Again, I'm not advocating people to do that for, for, for that reason, but I'm just saying there's a lot of things in our life, exercise being one of them, sauna therapy, ice therapy, that are all these good stress to make our body more resilient. So sauna therapy is good, cold therapy is good, but how are you doing it? The context matters into it. And not, not saying everybody needs to do it, but these are tools to consider that can, many people can benefit from, especially if you're doing it in a way that works for your body. There's many benefits to both of these, but they're like sauna therapy, it's increasing our heat shocking proteins. It's improving our body's ability to repair itself, improve immune function, lower inflammation levels, improving mitochondrial function. Actually, a lot of the similar benefits as intermittent fasting, but in a different way. You know, it's, it's definitely a different tool with a different gradient of benefits, but some overlap there. And same with a cold therapy. It helps to lower inflammation levels. It increases these healing pathways. And they're all things that are being explored because I think a, I think that there's a lot of movement within the biohacking community that's like then disseminating, starting in the scientific literature, but then the biohackers get a hold of it and it goes trickles into pop culture, which is a good thing. I think that people need to learn about these things and it moves culture forward. It moves people's health forward in a positive way. And these are all really low cost or free tools as well, which I think is really alluring to many people is that it doesn't cost very much to get into an ice bath. And even sauna therapy, there's a lot of lower cost sauna options for people. And then fasting is completely free and exercises too. How much sleep should I be getting? The general answer that I would say is at least eight hours, but the context of that even matters. So the quality of your sleep and when you're sleeping is important there too. So saying eight hours and that being the end of the conversation isn't enough. It has to be eight hours of good quality restorative sleep. So I think for a time, especially if somebody feels like they're not sleeping well, tracking it with a bio, like a tracking app, like or the aura ring or something like this is good to check in with your body. Cause you can get eight hours of really sucky, like bad sleep. Like you want to get good eight hours. So the quality matters just as much as the quantity. And honestly, I think less quantity and better quality sometimes is more important. If somebody's getting six or seven hours, but it's better, better quality, it's, it can be more restorative. It's, you're going to feel better with less, but better quality. What was the app that you recommended? It's a tracking app. It's a ring, actually. It's called the Aura Ring, uh, A-U-R. 
R-A, I've believe. seen this. But it is an app that measures sleep and measures many other biomarkers. And there's other things too. I mean, people have a Fitbit, people have other tracking apps that are out there that measure sleep. But I would check in with yourself to look not just at the quantity, but the quality of the time that you're, you're sleeping. Also, what are your thoughts on supplements? And like, should we be taking them? And what ones would you recommend? So food is first, right? You can't supplement your way out of a you have to start with food. Food and fasting, I think, are the major players into improving how you feel and how you look and your overall quality of life. But some like low-hanging, like core fundamental essentials to consider once you've dealt with food and fasting. First thing is a methylated B vitamin. So things like methylfolate and methylcobalamin are needed that supports something called methylation, which is needed for healthy brain function, our healthy mood, healthy hormones, healthy detoxification pathways, regulation of an inflammatory protein called homocysteine that we need to get down uh, lowered levels. You can get those uh, many options out there for methylated B vitamins. And then second would be vitamin D3 and a K2. These are two fat soluble vitamins. B vitamins are water soluble. These ones are fat soluble vitamins. So around a 5,000 IUs of vitamin D3 with a K2, which is people are deficient with vitamin D, but they're also deficient with vitamin K2. So both working together synergistically helps the bioavailability, but also improves that deficiency of K2. In functional medicine, we want D3 to be around 60 to 80 on a lab. Like when you ran a lab, if you're lower than 60 to 80, we want to get it closer to 60 to 80. And I find that 5,000 I use, if you're testing periodically, is a good uh, dosage for most people to consider. Uh, healthy omega fat uh, fish oil uh, with a good quality fish oil would be a good idea. There's vegan options like algae oils too with long chain omega fats for people that don't have eat fish. From an inflammation standpoint, things like curcuminoid uh, supplement to help to lower inflammation is a good idea. It's an extract from turmeric, the, the spice. If people are dealing with stress and want stress support, uh, adaptogens can be healthy and supportive. These are plant groups that help to balance the brain's adaptation to stress, something called the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis or the HPA axis. So when people refer to as adrenal fatigue or my adrenals are stressed, quote unquote, what they're really talking about is the HPA axis. It's really a brain issue, not an adrenal issue, but it's the brain's communication with the adrenal glands. So supporting a healthy circadian rhythm of the HPA axis and lowering inflammation too and improving brain function. It does a lot of things, but things like ashwagandha, holy basil, rhodiola, adaptogenic mushrooms or medicinal mushrooms like chaga, lion's mane, cordyceps can be all helpful in supporting the stress response as well. We get asked that question a lot over the years. It's like, okay, I'm not a functional medicine patient. What are some basic things that need to be taken? That's why we released something called the collection years ago, but we still, it's still on our site, but people can get these core essentials that they need because most people do need some support there because our food isn't as good as it once was. The soil is depleted and people, even if they are eating good quality foods, maybe they're not eating enough of it or they, you know, they are just not focusing on it enough and these things can fill in the blanks. I want to go detailed into your daily routine and like what you're going for as far as like, let's just say it's a normal day in the life. What is your morning and night routine? And then what are you eating throughout the day? Okay, so are we talking about like, Food routine or like my life, everything? Both. Okay. All, all the above. All right. So I wake up in the morning as you do. And then I, I 
let my all detail all detail are we really going down to like i let my golden doodles out of the yes <laughs> okay right. oh my god i have a golden doodle too oh love they're so freaking cute so i i let the golden doodles out there's two of them scout and harper and they're running in the yard and then i i let them in i feel and i'm heading off to the clinic i'm fasting at this point i normally i do the protocol in intuitive fasting i'm constantly intuitively showing up for myself in the present moment i'm using fasting and food as a mindfulness practice the way that i advocate it to my patients and in the book so typically in the weekends i'll have a bigger eating window but most of the time i love doing these intermittent fasting windows because i feel great and then I break my fast when I want to. There's a grace, there's a lightness to this. So it's not super strict. But I'm only fasting in the morning because I feel great doing it. So I have this Earl Grey tea that I'll sip on during the morning. It supports autophagy. Fasting supports autophagy. So I'm, I'm supporting these anti-accelerated aging pathways in the body. I'm consulting patients 11 hours a day, at least 10 and a half hours a day. So I'm meeting with my team here. And we start the day off with prayer and meditation, actually. So every morning, it's like a ritual. That's just because we have to be of good service to our people. Like we, we have to be on our game. We're dealing with complex people, complex cases that uh, people are struggling with different autoimmune issues, mold, mycotoxin issues, Lyme disease, chronic fatigue syndrome, anxiety, depression. It's serious stuff. So I know, yeah, we have to do the case review stuff it's, it, that comes after that. But we start our day off with just prayer and meditation to root ourselves, but also unite ourselves as a team of like, we've got this. We can be the best we can be for these people. It involves like some excerpt reading or we do the Peloton app sometimes. We'll do the Peloton meditation app there. Then we go over case reviews. We go over the 10-hour day going over each case. And so we're all on the same page. And then I'm consulting people. So from then on, I'm fasting in the morning. I'm consulting patients. And then I'll typically break my fast at lunch. That's week two in intuitive fasting. It's the metabolic recharge fast. So typically I'll do a six-hour eating window or an 18-hour fast. So I'm breaking my fast at lunchtime. 12 to 6 p.m.-ish is my eating window. Again, it's flexible, so it doesn't have to be exactly that, but it's more or less that most days. So then I'm breaking my fast with some honestly, some type of the recipes and in the book. So it's a more of a healthy fat, but plant forward sort of pescatarian ketogenic way of eating. So I think wild caught fish, lots of vegetables, extra virgin, polyphenol rich, olive oil, uh, avocados, that kind of stuff. I'll be uh, consulting patients for the afternoon. I'll maybe have a snack, like um, they have these sweet potato chips that we got sent to the clinic. So I had some of those yesterday or I will have uh, sea snacks, which are like these seaweed snacks baked in olive oil that are really good. And then for dinner, I'll have a similar dinner uh, when I get home and I eat with my family and I have two kids and a wife. And then, yeah, and, and, but I'll tell you what I'm doing today. It's different. The, the intermittent fasting window is different. I'm doing an almost OMAD day, which is week three in the book. It's where I'm getting deeper in ketosis, supporting autophagy in a deeper way. So I, I did normal fasting in the morning where I am uh, just having the Earl Grey tea and the fasting teas and water and electrolyte supplements. I use the element, LMNT. They're, they're a packet of magnesium, potassium, sodium in, to balance your electrolytes during your fast or anytime, any, if, a heavy workout or if, if you're struggling with fatigue, it can be helpful. I'm doing broth in the latter part of the day. So I, I'm kind of semi-breaking my fast, but I'm doing like fasting then to brothing and I'm doing a 20 to 22 hour fast 
or a two to four hour eating window. So keep in mind, I'm getting my calories in, in those windows. I'm not cutting my calories. That is the important part here. This is not about chronic caloric restriction. It's just eating in specific windows. So I'm still eating the same amount of foods. It's just in a smaller window. Literally everything you have said, I'm about to order every single thing. I think that's <laughs> that's all my to do for today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can they find you? And just like, you know, share every single thing that you ever have. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been great. Everything's at drwillcole.com, D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. Uh, on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. The Art of Being Well is my podcast. So just go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, type in my name or The Art of Being Well. That's where people can find me. Amazing. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed. I kind of want to add a short little segment at the end of the show. So if you guys listen to the end, DM me, like maybe I'll do a question of the week or something fun. But I love you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I will talk to you next week.